0: what happened and how you are
1: now um oh man Whew. so I I used a lot went to jail a lot was spent the majority of the years between late 2009 and 2016 really in jail rehab or in a recovery house and I would get sober for a little bit and just I didn't care that I was like I just hoped that I would overdose and there would be nothing they could do and then that would be it. And in 2013, my dad decided he was going to get sober and I was in jail and I remember when I I called him and he was on his way to his first meeting and I thought he was joking. I was like, "What?" because I'd gone to meetings before and you know, he gave me crap about it, said it was a cult, like jokingly and stuff. And when he told me that he was going to a meeting, it was like, well, crap, now I don't have that leverage. Like, you know, he used to beg me to get sober and stay sober. And I would say, well, you're drinking. So what does it matter? Like you do what you do and I'm going to do what I do. And, um, when he got sober, I didn't have that anymore, <laughs> which made the, actually made me feel bad about, my use and think about him a little bit more. And uh, I remember one of the first conversations I ever had from him. Actually, I think it was the first phone call that I made to him from jail, which was six months after my mom passed away. He said that he, he couldn't watch me kill myself anymore. And I was like, what? And, and it took me like a couple of days to like realize like, you know, this Poor man. I know him and my mom worked together, but he lost his son and his ex-wife, who he had two children with, so he obviously loved her. Like, and here I am, being this selfish little shit, and continuing to use it. But that didn't stop me. That wasn't enough to, like, give me that epiphany. I think it was, the in 2016, that feeling, worse than I had ever felt. And no matter, all the the crappy things I did to people that I loved, stole from, cared about cheated on people, not really cheated on, but did things I shouldn't have been doing to people and hurting people. Like none of that amounted to the feeling of despair that I had when I was sitting there outside of my dad's apartment and like realizing that I have to tell him that I need to go to rehab again after, you know, thinking that state prison scared me straight, but it didn't. And I don't when I went to rehab in 2016 I didn't really have intentions of staying clean. Like I thought okay I'll go to rehab and if if I stay clean whatever if I don't I mean it's not going to be a surprise to anybody. And while I was in rehab for whatever reason I just decided to like be honest for once instead of giving just little bits of the truth and little pieces of myself. So you decided
0: to be Honest. Okay.
1: Yeah. And um, who knew what honesty could do? And it, it's not that I like lied in other rehabs, but I was never willing to be completely honest about me and things that were going on inside of me. Like I was struggling with an eating disorder when I went to this rehab. Well, I had been for years, but this was the first time I addressed that because it's no matter what the outlet that I'm using is, whether it's drugs or self-harm or an eating disorder, the issue is always the same. The issue is always what's going on inside of me. And um, <laughs> the first day that my dad came to visit me at this rehab, I expected the old, oh, Emily, I'm so proud of you. And this is great. You're going to get out and do this thing. And he like, didn't even want to hug me, which was like a real shock because I've been my daddy's little girl for going on 29 years now. (laughs) And I expected that same, like him to be proud of me, but I was, and I was mad at first. I was like, how dare he not be excited to see me or not be happy for me to be in rehab because I'm doing the right thing. But it's like, I've done the same song and dance so many times before. And this poor man has had false hope all these times. And like he's sick of my shit. And he he has every right to be. I can't fault him for that. At the time I was like really mad. And then after he left I stomped up to my room in my rehab. And was like how dare he. But I mean I I would probably react the same way after the first time. Because I've been through it. And I know everything that comes out of my mouth is probably bullshit. <laughs> to him anyway. And that kind of him not reacting the way that he normally did kind of made me like, "Huh, maybe I should do things a little bit differently this time, and I did <laughs> shockingly,
0: you did so in the twelve step world, we often talk about those moments of clarity and beaten into a sense of reasonableness, not a not a necessarily a physical beating. It mm-hmm. sounds like you got most everything uh, so tell us about that moment of clarity. Tell us about uh this beaten into the sense of reasonableness. Tell us about being in that sense of reasonableness.
1: Um I'm not really sure how it happened. like my experience was more of like I woke up one day and just felt like the sense of relief. Like I don't have to do this anymore. I don't and have
0: You woke to. up and had a sense of relief. Yeah,
1: like I don't know when it ha I mean it was obviously after the detox because the medication they had me on I was all kinds of loopy, but I just woke up one day and was like, I don't have to, like, I don't have to come to another rehab. I don't have to do this. And, like, you know, they take us to outside meetings, and I'd been in meetings, and um, I knew who I wanted to ask to be my sponsor. And, like, I just couldn't wait to get out and do it. And um,
0: So what you're saying is that you made a choice. Yeah. And you actually, your authentic self was being able to make choices rather than that little thing inside of your head.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I thought that I had made that choice before, but this time, like it's so, the feeling is so indescribable because I'd never, I've never felt like that before. Like I just, I don't, I, I can't even put it into words and I wish that I could just bottle it up and give it to people (laughs) because waking up and realizing like, I don't have to Put anything in my body, like I don't have to do that, you know. And and once when you're in your addiction, and you know, you don't. That's never uh, a thought. Like you can never imagine waking up and feeling like you don't have to do this. Like in all the years that I'd tried to get sober, and you know, would get sober and you know, work a program half ass and do all this stuff. Like I never had that. I don't ever have to do it again. It was always in the back of my mind like, well, this is just what I'm going to be and this is how my life's going to go and I might be clean right now, but eventually I won't be. And I'm always going to have to rely on something and that just feeling like I don't have to do this anymore.
0: You made a choice and I don't have to do this anymore. How powerful is that?
1: I can't put it into words.
0: So what you're telling me folks out there, as you got comfortable with the sound of your own voice and actually hearing it
1: I guess <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's what I'm hearing I'm hearing your authentic self actually spoke up
1: yeah to feel like how I felt before I even put that first chemical in my body
0: hmm.
1: and I mean I'm still a worry wart and stuff but but um Actually, feeling like I can love myself and love other people and not love them for what they can give me or do for me.
0: That's a real telling statement. You began to love yourself and love other people and not love them for what they could give to you. Yeah. Wow. How about that?
1: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: So how how does that work? How do these how does these transformations work, Emily? What worked in your life? And this is this is something that's real important for people to hear.
1: A combination of things like you know, when I got out of the rehab that I was in, um, I actually, like, instead of just, like, standing in the background, I actually, like, went to meetings and got the courage to ask someone to be my sponsor, and when she said yes, I cried, um, which was, like, weird for me. Might have been because I was pregnant, but I didn't know it yet, but, like, And the combination of like, you know, being finally feeling that I hit rock bottom, even though like, you know, financially and physically I wasn't at rock bottom, but like emotionally and spiritually I was. And not wanting to ever feel like that again, because that's just, you can be in debt and you can be physically beat up, but until you have it in your heart and your brain that you just cannot take anymore, like nothing will change. I mean, sometimes I guess the physical stuff is enough or debt is enough for people to get, turn their lives, lives around. But for me, it wasn't. And, um, the combination of that and really like, I know this isn't a way to work program. Don't go out and get pregnant, but finding out that I was pregnant with my daughter, was a huge part in that, like that, when I couldn't be motivated for myself, I was motivated for, um, her, which I don't recommend rehab romances, they mostly do not work out, and I got lucky that I picked an alcoholic instead of another junkie, (laughs) most of them relapse, and that's, that's, you know, it hasn't been all rainbows and butterflies, but I think, um, I can't say for sure, but I'm not sure my life would be as good as it is had I not met this person and had I not gotten pregnant with my daughter. Like, I could have worked the program, but what would I have done on the days I wasn't motivated for me when she was literally the only thing keeping me going? We
0: don't have to figure that out, do we? Nope. So, what? how do you maintain your recovery, Emily? How do you keep this thing going?
1: Keeping in contact with my sponsor, probably not as much as I should be, but... Go, continuing to go to meetings and be willing to, even though I'm like have really bad anxiety, but willing to share with other people and meet people and um, do things that I'm not comfortable with, like the grapevine report, which seems small, but getting up in front of people is not my favorite thing to do. Or when people ask me to speak, just saying yes, even if I don't want to. <laughs>
0: So what you're saying is you push yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's hard. And it's. It, I think the hardest part is having my dad in recovery too, because he like, when I'm like, I don't want to, he's like, well, you don't have a choice. You know, like <laughs> not that he, he's, he doesn't, he's not the one asking me to do things, but when I complain about it to him, cause he is like probably my best friend, um, He's like, Well, you don't really have a choice now, do you? <laughs> like you have to say yes. And that's you know, it it has its I have my moments where I just want to tell him to like mm, screw off, basically. <laughs> but but it's because he's right and and I need to get comfortable. Well not really comfortable, but I need to be uncomfortable because if I get too comfortable, that's when things go downhill quickly.
0: When I get complacent and and I think it's important that you let other people know that life continues to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: there's still speed bumps and there's still potholes. So tell us a little bit about how you deal with those things today rather than before.
1: Um, today it's like a lot easier to think about what I would lose if I went back to using and acting like an idiot. Uh, that was never easy for me, but I find that the farther away from drugs I get, the easier it is for me to think about the, like, I know one of the biggest things I used to hate when they would say it in like every rehab I've been in is play the tape through, but because when you're, you're out there and doing things and making decisions, it's like, you don't. No one's first thought. Well, for me, my first thought was never like, oh, what's going to, what could go wrong? And I know this judge told me this a long time ago when I drove my dad's car illegally and blah, blah, blah. She said, in any situation, before you do anything, think about all the possibilities. What could go wrong? It's like, who has time for that? (laughs) Nobody has time (laughs) for that. But now it's a lot easier. And I think with, um. Working the steps and not having as much turmoil inside of me. Not not that I have no turmoil inside because I think everyone has a little bit. Um, that's what makes us exciting. Um, working the steps and getting a lot of that stuff out has created an ability for me to have a clearer mind when I'm thinking about things and thinking about life. And, and I making decisions is a lot easier for me today life decisions not like where to go to eat cuz i'll never <laughs> that'll never be easy but um thinking and thinking about what could go wrong in certain situations and also avoiding putting myself in situations where i have to think about that has been easier i
0: think that's a real key point right there avoiding placing yourself in a position to be hurt yeah and that, again, involves choices. So, Emily, what would you have to say to someone out there, a young lady or a young man or even an older person, who would, who's feeling awkward and out of place like they don't fit in and is considering uh, using or is using to overcome those feelings of inadequacy?
1: Come day, everyone's fucking weird.
0: <laughs> so the idea is that we're there because we're not all there. Oh, yeah. Okay. So great. It's uh, Emily, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud to know you. This Thank is uh, you. this has been one of the best hours I've spent in a in many 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 years. Um I'm so appreciative of you coming down here and I so much admire you like I told you that night after I heard you that uh, you caught my attention and my hope is that uh you caught some attention of some people out there who may be listening to this podcast today or in the future. So, and as always, uh, we offer a free prescription at the end of every show, fruits, nuts, and vegetables, unplug your television, and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Forgive yourself, forgive another, do a kindness for yourself, do a kindness for another, Till all are free, none are free. Namaste. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com